some of the information will be based in these false narratives. For example, Eisenhower did not sign a treaty with the Greys. I'm sure a lot of people that comment on this video would be like, her great-grandfather did this and that. It was actually MJ-12 who did it behind his back, and I have a lot of information to back that up. So that could be, with all this coming to light, when they're ready to bring it out on a more government exposure level, you know, who has their hands on the voice of disclosure? And there has been plants put in the disclosure community to steer false narratives. And there are much, much deeper layers that hopefully will be heard and have a voice. People will look beyond the censorship, find us on alternative channels to be able to see maybe layers beneath that that are very, very hard to bring out to the public. Hey, friends, Sean from SGT Report here. Thanks so much for being here. I really do appreciate it so very much. I'm glad you clicked play on this one. I think you're going to enjoy it. And I hope you appreciate us going here with the UFO question. Project Blue Beam, what's real, what's not real, and what is the next false flag to come? Guys, we live in challenging times where Biden's DOJ prohibits prosecutors from even offering this deal to people who did far less than Hunter Biden. Friends, we live in an absolute, total lawless banana republic and don't be surprised when things get so bad and the people revolt that the last card they play as Werner von Braun warned us is the alien card friends buckle up Laura Eisenhower and Patty Greer join us in this one and I hope you enjoy it as much as I enjoyed being a part of it before we start just a quick word about our sponsor rein in wealth with a gold IRA from noble gold investments A gold IRA can fortify your own financial kingdom. Imagine the confidence that comes from a retirement backed by a tangible, proven asset, gold. An asset that's not at the mercy of unpredictable market swings. Gold, silver, platinum, or palladium, the realm is yours to command. Fend off concerns about economic downturns and let your wealth thrive with the timeless security of precious metals. Now, past performance is no guarantee of future results and always perform your own due diligence before making any investment decision. But this month, the first solid one quarter ounce gold standard bullion coin ever issued with King Charles image on it can be yours with your own qualifying gold IRA or 401k rollover of $50,000 or higher. You can't go wrong with Noble Gold Investments. Call Noble Gold Investments at 877-646-5347 to get started or visit noblegoldinvestments.com. That's noblegoldinvestments.com. Hey, friends, thank you so very much for tuning in. I'm absolutely delighted to have you all back. Thank you for clicking play. And I can't tell you how excited I am about this conversation with two very important guests. Guys, as the UFO topic is back in play in the mainstream media, the last card, as Carol Rosen said, Dr. Werner Von Braun warned her, would be played. The last card would be the alien card. Boy, we have so much to talk about today. Let me welcome my guests First, returning guest, Patty Greer, the CEO of C60 Evo. Her website, CropCircleFilms.com. Welcome back, Patty. Thank you. It's wonderful to be here. Well, thanks for helping arrange this conversation with our friend Laura Eisenhower. Guys, Dwight D. Eisenhower was Laura's great-grandfather, and Eisenhower warned us about something very important in his final speech to the American people. Let me welcome Laura right now. Her website, guys, CosmicGia.org. Laura, so nice to see you. Great to be here. Thank you for having me. Well, I've been watching you over the years, so I'm very excited to finally get you on because I think you are a keeper of many interesting knowledges. Let's just say some of the hidden history of this world, I think you have a very good grasp on. So if you don't mind, let me do a screen share here. And let's start with that final warning from Dwight D. Eisenhower. 
in the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. Guys, there's so much more in that speech that I could play, but I really want to just kick it off here with a conversation about the rise of the military-industrial complex, the deep state, the entrenched deep state, which is now in the very wide open. Anybody with two brain cells to rub together can see what's going on in this country as the intelligence agencies have really rolled up our nation, our republic, and are now channeling us towards their new world order. I think this UFO alien topic is very important to discuss Because what's real, what's not real? So much to talk about today. Laura, first you. Dwight D. Eisenhower, your great-grandfather, warned us about what was coming back in the 50s. And here we are, the rise, the unchecked power of the military-industrial complex. And they're nearly $1 trillion a year of American taxpayer money. My God, I think that's just uh, the crux of what we're up against as we start this conversation. Absolutely. There's so many layers to it. And so much rewritten history. That's why it's been so difficult for people to grasp what he was really saying. So I've really been able to go down a lot of rabbit holes, dig real deep into research on this, meeting so many interesting people and some that haven't even become public about what he actually set up uh, and, and the star beings that he was in relations with. And it's been very important for me to look at all that with discernment and also tackle some of these false narratives that have cast blame on him for things that he actually didn't do. Because as we know, the names you don't hear about in the shadow government are the ones that we want to look towards. And uh, that was probably the beginning of where presidents really didn't have power and they were just more being used uh, as puppets. And he refused that brief Kennedy and they realized Kennedy wasn't going to be a puppet either. And then all of a sudden, we have these three-letter organizations grooming these people in these positions. So there is so much that I've uncovered and so much that I've learned from watching your show and from everybody who is on this kind of journey to bring about the truth. Well, the truth. And see, I think that's such an important word. Are there alien craft coming here from outer worlds? Are they uh, terrestrial craft? Uh, Are they reverse engineered? UFOs, as David Grush, the new whistleblower, claims. I've got a soundbite I'll play about that in a second. Help me just understand where you guys think we are right now in 2023 as it relates to the UFO alien subject. I do worry about the um, the last card, the false flag alien invasion, because we've seen uh, those guys that took a video in their yard of the two giant beings, but we didn't see the giant beings I toured in ufology for 10 solid years, maybe 12, and Laura was at every gig. And we became quick friends because I could see that she had real truth and integrity in her way of speaking, and the audience just loved her at every gig. So I found myself um, being not really a researcher. I was an experiencer, but I never had experience with aliens or alien ships in all my years. Um, I did meet Ralph Ring. We became very good friends. I spent a weekend at his home with his wife. And Ralph Ring did invent the OTCX1 re-engineered craft. And then the military came in and removed it from his property and all of his paperwork once they proved in front of GM and a line of journalists that it worked. So that was man-made. I've been in more than 100 UK crop circles, a few in Italy, and I have never seen an ET being that I know of. 
I've met people that did amazing things in the crop circles, really brilliant people. But um, my experiences were with orbs of light. Now, are they aliens? I don't know. But the orbs of light making the crop circles was my full experience. And there were um, there was all that going on in the fields, but there were not entities or spacecraft or lasers coming down, creating crop circles. And I went in more than 100, like I said. So I had every opportunity to meet an ET. And I was insane. I would go out in the fields at night. Um, I only had one friend crazy enough like I was to um, go in the fields at night. And the experiences I had, like I was covered with white tarantulas. I walked through a, just went the wrong way in a crop field. And I just slowly took all my clothing off, shook it out and put it back on. That's the only time I thought, my God, how could I not have screamed? They were huge. There was at least 50 on me and I didn't. So there was something magical going on in the fields that was out of this world for me. I was fearless. I flew in these little planes filming at 3000 feet with no door on my side. Everything that I would have never done before getting to the magic of the crop circles. So for me, there was magic. There was spirit but I didn't see aliens and I'm not saying they don't exist. I'm just saying I gave it a lot of opportunity. I went to a lot of UFO events and I met a lot of people that made claims. Um, I have a, a bad habit of being really intuitive. So I'd look at people with a poker face and try not to go, <clears throat> you're so full of it. But I felt that a lot. And I'm guessing you did too, Laura, some of the stories. I think my favorites were, um, I had sex with reptilians and they were so hot. You're Wait. saying that somebody said that. You're not saying that, Patty. No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah. No, somebody said that to me. And that was the epitome <laughs> of um, wow, isn't that special? You know, I mean, I'd really try and be polite, but no, even though I've got this big movie camera around my neck, I'm not gonna film you saying that. Well, let me just say, you know, I was listening to an interview between uh, my friend Frank, quite frankly, and Timothy Alberino. And Timothy had some really interesting things to say about the alien abduction phenomenon, which he says is 100% real. It's absolutely quantifiable. And so he does think these things are happening. So let me just play this clip from Carol Rosen. She was the assistant to uh, Werner von Braun for four years. And he repeatedly told her this about the last card the New World Order would play. And the funniest one of all was against what he called aliens, extraterrestrials. That would be the final card. And over and over and over during the four years that I knew him and was giving his speeches for him, he would bring up that last card. And remember, Carol, the last card is the alien card. We're going to have to build space-based weapons against aliens. And all of it, he said, is a lie. And all of it is a lie. Wow. All right, Laura, I have a lot of other questions for you, but uh, any response to Carol's warning? Yeah, well, there's a lot to be warned about. We are dealing with a very dark agenda that's been in the works for thousands and thousands of years. And when the governments and the ETs began to connect with each other, there is a deeper history that we really don't hear about. There's a lot of rumors that aren't actually the true story. We want to understand what you know, really took place starting in the 1930s, but going way, way further back. I mean, we have a massive galactic history that we don't um, hear about. It's people only go with what they learned in school, of course. 
So where uh, the roots of all this began with the abduction scenarios was actually 1930s, 1940s. And from what I've come to understand, uh, these agreements were, I could name the names of the key players, but but this was brought through in Project Paperclip. So when we see in the history books that the Second World War was won, it actually wasn't. There was an unconditional surrender agreement that actually took place in 52. And that was a surrender not only to the Nazis, but to this darker agenda, which brought in all the different geoengineering projects, the um, indoctrination, uh, grooming programs that we see in our school systems, everything that has really infiltrated most of the power structures in our world and the project mockingbird the fake news and the influencers in the entertainment industry and where the trauma-based mind control and individuals have been placed to have certain alters to run an influential position when it's not really even them or they're not even in possession of themselves so how does this relate to the ufo et thing well if we are going to get any kind of disclosure, we need to educate ourselves about all the different kind of information that has been brought forth and what the roots of it are to put it out on the table, to have mature conversations, to really look at, okay, this is what I've discovered. This is what you've discovered and put it all together. This whistleblower is key because of course, starting in 1947, there were more than just the Roswell crash. There were numerous amounts of crashes, reversed engineer um, UFOs, what happened in underground bases. Eisenhower actually tried to invade Dulce before the Dulce Wars and then Area 51. And then, you know, looking at all that and what they've had their hands on as far as technology goes, there is a massive threat that there will be this blue beam fake alien invasion. So I feel like this is the wake up call to be able to begin to process this whole idea. Um, I've been doing sessions with people who are abductees, experiencers. I haven't had firsthand experience. I did have dreams when I was a kid and just downloads connected to the greater mission and work. But uh, yeah, the great warning is where is this coming from? Because there's a problem reaction solution game that always is being played, that something will come and save the day or something is threatening to invade us. Either way, that polarity needs to be integrated within us because we have to win the war on consciousness within ourselves. So we need to be very careful at what is being presented and for what reasons uh, you know, to get the good warning from the whistleblowers, but also to ask ourselves, what is being steered here? How are they going to leverage this in order to maybe bring in a level of weaponry connected to the whole ET disclosure um, phenomena uh, as a narrative that they've been preparing for, for these particular very potent times that I feel doesn't hold a lot of strength in the here and now because of the positive military, the white hats and earth Alliance and solar warden and all these other aspects of the, um, and, and Eisenhower actually helped to set that up and, and the baton has been passed and from those before him as well, that uh, we have to be, like he said in his speech, a knowledgeable and alert citizenry. This is really about us and it's the war on consciousness. So, you know, we, we, we need to take what we get from whistleblowers and what the exposure of all this is. And then, educate ourselves and 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 be willing to uh educate ourselves on a level of uh breaking any dependency bond with any outer authority or extraterrestrial force that might either come and save the day or threaten our survival um because there are the legitimate ones and then there's the engineered ones then there's, there's the military aspect and where the military industrial complex is very much a part of gaining technology to actually um be able to create scenarios all on their own. 
uh, like the false flags and the psyops are very much a part of where the Second World War has become the war that we're seeing right now uh, to divide and conquer us. And I know that I'm just trying to just kind of drop a lot without maybe making a good point, but I'll just leave it at that for now. No, you hit on a couple of really key things there. And uh, one of which is there is a war on consciousness. And Mm -hmm. so there's this battle between the Great Reset that Klaus Schwab wants and their New World Order and the Great Awakening. And so I really do see this epoch in history happening right now where the Great Awakening is real. And it's really part of the biblical apocalypse, right? The unveiling. Things that were just fringe conspiracy theories just 20 years ago, even 10 years ago, are now openly being talked about. And whistleblowers are pointing the finger at the deep state, the entrenched deep state. So before I play a clip about the UFO whistleblower David Grush, I want to play this clip from Donald J. Trump, which I think is key to the conversation and the intelligence apparatus, which has been openly waging psychological warfare against the people of the United States. Listen to this. This persecution is being done by the same weaponized agencies that for seven years have been running illegal psychological warfare campaigns against the American people, much as if they were trying to destabilize a foreign country from the. All right, I'm coming back to my guests. I do want to play the clip about the new whistleblower, David Grush. But uh, meanwhile, we have the uh, Las Vegas family which uh, Patty mentioned there, claiming to see aliens after multiple reports of something falling from the sky. So this stuff is now in our face. They're really pushing this narrative hard. What do either of you make of this current push of all the UFO talk in the mainstream media where previously they maligned it and they laughed at it? Now they're embracing it and they're promoting it. My guardrails go up when I see that happen. Well, now we're calling conspiracy theory conspiracy fact. And we're running out of conspiracies because they've all come true. And I never thought with all the training that I had at these events, listening to real ufologists, in my opinion, Jim Mars, Stanton Friedman, Ralph, uh, Ralph Ring, um, Dr. Roger Lear, who took implants out of people. And I'm naming people that died in a very short period of time because I'm describing my interpretation of what's ufology today. It's the leftovers. They got rid of, they, I don't know who, we'll call them deep state, dark state. They got rid of all the great researchers, in my opinion, that I filmed in movie two called UFOs, ETs, Abductees, and Brilliant Minds. I filmed it in 2008 at the International UFO Congress Convention. And I had 28 amazingly brilliant real researchers, experiencers. Um, I think everybody was... The real deal. I, I I was so impressed because people were really bringing information. There were four star generals, Wendell Stevens, who's got the largest UFO research collection in uh, images in history. And all of them died within five years. And it ended in uh, hmm, probably 2017. They're all gone. The people that I used to listen to, the people that are the great um, researchers, um, even the astronaut Edgar Mitchell was part of our events, and then he died. But too many died in a short period of time, kind of like the Clinton bucket list. And now we've got the Joe bucket list, um, you know, of people just disappearing. But ufology, that happened. And um, I got hit with a weapon at the airport, leaving my final gig. And I made it final because I got really, really hurt. I didn't die, though. Lucky me. And then three years later, Deep State came back and put uranium in my garage. 
I don't know what I did wrong. Oh, I made eight movies about crop circles. So when we talk about UFO, unidentified flying object, crop circles were like, you know, really big deal, but they're not unidentified, the crop circles. They don't fly, they're on the ground, and they're not objects, they're crop circles. So for me right there, UFOs, um, it was always kind of, I was misplaced, but it was a good place to be because crop circles needed to get back in the mainstream. Um, so after all the greats died and I got wounded and told, don't come back, it was like, hey, you know, um, I haven't gone back, but all of them were replaced with, in my opinion, bad actors, paid people to run a script. And I think that's what we're left with today. And when I see the people from the events that Laura and I used to speak at that are still at the events today, there's a part of me that just goes, uh-huh. And that's all I want to say. I don't want to have judgment, but certain people were allowed to stay in the field. But the people that were important, I think, were removed, much like Clinton's. So I think we've had a real UFO cleanup starting in 2016, 17, 18. And then it was just, oh, huge promotions put into people that uh, were reading scripts and that were talking about other people's work. So this new person I haven't even listened to because I'm so turned off by what happened to ufology. But I also lost a lot of great friends, great researchers, Dolores Cannon. I mean, they all went really in five years. Well, we talked about that the last time you were on. And one of the things that I do want to separate in this conversation uh, from UFOs and aliens, well, I shouldn't necessarily separate it, but one of the things, the distinction maybe we should make is that crop circles in those orbs that have been recorded creating crop circles, we've got video of that. I think that's a very interesting phenomenon, and uh, maybe we'll get to that later. I think you think those orbs are coming from the Earth itself. We've talked about that in our conversation. So I think this is I think it might be two different conversations here. So before I play that clip from our friends over at Redacted and Clayton Morris about the new whistleblower, the intelligence whistleblower, David Grush, Laura, do you have anything you want to say uh, in response to uh, Patty's comments there? Or do you just want me to play the clip first? Oh, well, I just think about, you know, uh, the question that you asked about just seeing all this in the news and because it's sort of been a big part of my calling to dig deep into the different narratives being steered, which are true, which aren't. And of course, always having an open mind and flexible thoughts about it just to see where the common threads are and what makes the most sense. Um, I, I feel seeing this in the mainstream now, which goes back to your original question, what we're seeing in the mainstream now has been shared you know, for so many years. But when you think about it, there's that sort of deep state Rockefeller funding connected to disclosure that I feel that a lot of the false narratives being steered in a community or a group that hasn't been in the mainstream has been sort of uh, prepared to when this begins to come out to the populace, that some of the information will be based in these false narratives. For example, Eisenhower did not sign a treaty with the Greys. I'm sure a lot of people that comment on this video would be like, her great-grandfather did this and that. It was actually MJ-12 who did it behind his back, and I have a lot of information to back that up. So that could be, with all this coming to light, when they're ready to bring it out on a more government exposure level, 
you know, who has their hands on the voice of disclosure at that particular time when it's ready to come out. And I feel like there's so many voices that are going to come through. It's up to the consciousness of the individual to determine where their discernment is and what they're going to align with, because no matter what gets exposed, there's going to be a huge team or, or individual people that will say, wait a second, that's not exactly correct because the amount of research and the amount of work that so many have done to protect us in these times to say they're steering this, but this is actually something else to look at without demanding that my way is the right way or the ultimate truth. It's like, what? how can we get back in touch with our own truth frequency so that we can see the lies and deceptions and have so much out on the table that we have more to work with than the limited uh, media and and the government beings uh, that might be in charge of the disclosure narrative. Similar with the what we saw with the switching of the Trump administration into Biden and, and the whole concept of this virus and and what to do in the face of it um it's going to just be interesting to see so i see that this is coming out now and there has been plants put in the disclosure community to steer false narratives and there are much much deeper layers that hopefully will be heard and have a voice people will look beyond the censorship find us on alternative channels to be able to see maybe layers beneath that that are very very hard to bring out to the public that i've uh, come to understand through my connection with the senior advisor to the earth alliance and some of the other contacts so that's my question or answer to all that and absolutely what patty said i love like the bucket list thing and uh and i know the targeting has been unbelievable and but here we still are and I see that, you know, just us carrying the love and, and being dedicated to truth and, and living in that integrity for all of us to join in in that vibration of mutual love and respect is the override frequency that they want to target us with the divide and conquer. And so all these outer things aren't as important as what we do within ourselves to stay strong together in the face of whatever's coming at us so that we can handle it responsibly and 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 everybody listen to one another so that we can best navigate these crazy times. <laughs> Oh, I love it. All right. Well, guys, just know that we're going to go everywhere in this conversation. There's nothing off limits. So for those of you that even question the very nature of this thing we live on, perhaps we'll talk about that, too, because one of my questions is, are these vehicles off-world extraterrestrial vehicles, or are they perhaps on-world or inner-world terrestrial vehicles? Now, who's piloting them? I don't know, but that may be part of our conversation coming up, so stay tuned. The other thing I want to mention is that in that interview with, quite frankly, Timothy Alberino talked about the whistleblower, David Grush, and said this is exactly what you would expect from a man with this type of clearance working on the UFO question on behalf of the Pentagon. What he ran into, evidently, were corporate contractors. He was What he's run into is the exact dead end that one would expect when investigating this phenomenon because it's all compartmentalized. It's all sort of non-governmental, so they can deny all of it, the government I'm talking about. And what he ran into was life-threatening threats from this apparatus of non-governmental control within the UFO sector. I don't know if I'm making perfect sense on that. I'm paraphrasing Timothy, but uh, he believes that what David Grush is saying is 100% true. So let me play this clip about the new whistleblower, David Grush. This comes from our friends over at Redacted, who are very excited, actually, uh, about this concept. I mean, listen to Clayton here. He's very excited about this. And 10 or 20 years ago, I would have been, too. But when it comes to this concept, when it comes to this subject now, guys, and whistleblowers like this, my spidey senses just go up. I think we're being set up. Listen to this. I do too. Here at the debrief is an unbelievable story about UFO retrievals and an intelligence official whistleblower has come forward and admitted that the U.S. has, in fact, crash 
non-human UFO vehicles, and they're reverse engineering them. All right, I just want to pause it there. I'm going to come back to my guests. Non-human origin is what's being said here and what's being claimed by the whistleblower. Non-human origin, by definition, means extraterrestrial, I think, or could it mean terrestrial inner world? Who knows? Laura, what are your thoughts on this? Non-human vehicles. Yeah, well, okay. So crashes have been happening, like he he said, for decades, early 40s. And I mean, it's just there, and there's so many crashes that they haven't even put out there that have not been. This has never been publicized, right? So th- this is opening a door to so much that has already been exposed, written about in books, uh, and 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 spoken about. So um, reverse engineer craft. Okay, so. I saw one image of the possible being that was like caught in, in the lights. Okay. There's been documentaries about people, uh, Romanoff, Stan Roman, or I, I can't remember his name, but there you know, supposed footage in this and that. Um, I see such red flags with anything that all of a sudden is like thrown at us in the news. Uh, because I think we've been so accustomed to false flags and crisis actors and this and that. But I don't always just assume just because we've seen it. It's like, got to look at it from every angle. We are dealing with, uh, we've been dealing with off-planet beings for a long time. So they've been in underground bases. They've been off-world. They've been going in and out of mountains and even underwater bases. I mean, they're, they're, it's like we are dealing with off-planet beings that are really on planet, but what we're really dealing with on a human scale is their hybrids or the hybrids, right? So when we look at these beings, it's not so much about the duality of good and evil. There's some that actually really want to heal their genetics or return to the soul matrix because they got engineered and they lost their emotionality. They got disconnected from soul. Then you got the ones that are cloned so that they can actually clone and create automations and underground bases that the military does because they have their hands on the technology to create false abductions that are military, my labs, military abductions, right? So you have something that looks like a gray abducting, but it's actually military doing it. So the question is, what is a legit species that um, might have been Palladian that became a tall white, um, a Zeta that, or, you know, from Rigel or Beetlejuice? Uh, and what is actually coming out of an underground base with a reverse engineer craft, right? So I don't particularly have the answers on this one. I'm still processing it. And I just got back from a trip. So I'm like trying to catch up with it. I'm like, okay, okay. You know, kind of what's going on. But I think, uh, yeah, there's a lot of red flags and there's a lot of like openings for um, a great breakthrough. The thing is with censorship and the limitation of getting information out makes it really, really difficult. And to see how many people fell for the previous PSYOP false flag, um, I feel like we're being prepped for a whole new one with some voices coming through to kind of give us that sort of warning. And a warning, you know, and and some of the well-intentioned whistleblowers don't necessarily have access to the top, top secret information. Even Phil Schneider and William Cooper didn't. They only know what they know, but there is compartmentalism and the doors are opening to the higher levels and all will need to be revealed. So I think this is a good step, but it also, there's a bit of a bifurcation. There can be the steered narrative where this particular event is going to take people down the wrong road and where this particular event is going to begin to awaken something in people to seek out something through synchronicity and um intuition and discernment the very things that we need to know in order to prepare ourselves and protect ourselves you're sparking a lot of thoughts here one of which is the uh, footage i've seen multiple multiple videos of ufos around 
going into or coming out of volcanoes. And then the same is true with our oceans. We have these, uh, what we're told are non-terrestrial vehicles that can go through water like a hot knife through butter. I mean, there's no resistance they meet when they go into the oceans or come out of the oceans. So uh, according to Timothy Alberino, it's because they have some sort of gravitational well technology that allows them to not move through water at all because of the nature of this technology. And it all begs the question, is it part of the spiritual war being waged against humanity? And you said something very important earlier in the interview. You called it a very dark agenda. So I do want to talk about this very dark agenda as I play this clip of those folks, that family in Las Vegas, who just a week or two after the national breaking news of David Grush, the whistleblower, telling us that these vehicles are real and the U.S. military has them and they've reverse engineered them and they even have some alien bodies. That's what the man's saying. Just two weeks later, less than two weeks later, we get this on the national news. Just before midnight on April 30th, sky watchers across several western states saw a bright fireball streak through the heavens. A police officer working in the Northwest Valley caught a glimpse of the colorful object on his body cam. At nearly the same time, a ring camera in the area recorded a strange noise and what sounds like a crash. One family living in a ranch-style home had a much closer view of the object. Two brothers and their father were working on a vehicle in their yard when they caught a glimpse of a sparkly object as it came crashing down, then were hit by what they describe as a shockwave. One of the witnesses, a young man named Angel, has stated when the brothers looked into the yard where the object landed, that spot was obscured and blurry, as if by unknown form of camouflage. What they saw next prompted a frantic call to 911. So there's two people or two subjects that are in your backyard? Correct, and they're very large. They're okay. like eight foot, nine feet, ten foot, I don't know. They're, they, look like, they look like aliens to us. Big eyes, they have big eyes, okay. like like I can't explain it, and big mouth. They're shiny eyes, and, and they're not human. They're 100% they're not human. Eight News Now investigators have spoken with family members multiple times in the past four weeks, but each of the three times we accepted their invitation to do an interview, they didn't answer the door or their phone. These are some of the claims they've made in other public forums. Multiple family members backed up the story in an initial police report we obtained. Angel says they heard the patter of multiple feet in the yard. They later heard footsteps on their roof. They saw one of the eight-foot-tall creatures climb behind the controls of a large front loader stored in the yard, as if trying to engage it. He got a good look at one of the creatures, he said, a greenish-grayish being with large eyes and long legs. He says he could hear its deep breaths, and when he locked eyes, he was, in essence, frozen in place, couldn't move. Guys, that is the uh, original footage of the man and the family in Las Vegas who claims that something crashed in their backyard and they saw two aliens, eight to ten foot tall aliens, and the police responded and the entire thing went completely viral. And I just think it's uh, quite the coinkadink that this happened just a week or two after the new whistleblower came out and said UFOs are real. Your thoughts? Well, you know, because I've never met one, seen one, had an experience doesn't mean I don't believe. But I can't say that I do believe because I haven't had the experience firsthand. I've certainly met a lot of people that are, um, I can't think of a nicer word, fame whores. 
you know, a lot of people want to make claims so they can be um, important. And I think a lot of ufology has turned into that where people come up with stories, dreams, visions, and then they bring it as if it's really happening. But the deep state is definitely the basis of, I think, a lot of the re-engineered craft. And I'm going to go back to Ralph Ring, who died recently. He lived through the Paradise Fire. He and his wife in their mid-80s drove through the flames uh, in their hybrid car so it didn't blow up. But when they got to the other side, they were stunned. They lived, and then a year later, he died. But he did re-engineer. I'd like to know from what um, that craft. And what I know from him firsthand is that he and one of the Tesla protégés, two of them, there were three men sitting around a huge quartz in the ship that they re-engineered, the OTCX-1, if people want to look it up. And what he said was the door closed and they had 15 people standing in a line, the heads of GM and a bunch of news media people. And uh, they, they waved, they went in, they strapped in their seats, three of them, and... 15 minutes later, I think he said it was, they looked at each other and went, oh, damn, it didn't work. So they opened the door and they walked out of the ship and all 15 people were huge eyes like, oh, my God, you're back. And they said, what do you mean? We didn't leave. And they said, the craft was gone. I've got chills remembering. The craft dissipated completely. And the three men, everything was gone. And 15 minutes later, they came back. And so the head of um, the news media said, where was your gold? And they said, well, it was this area, you know, where they supposedly landed the ship where they had these bizarre rocks and stuff and dirt that was different than where they were. And the guy said, empty your pockets. And Ralph was like, why? And he goes, empty your pockets. So Ralph put his hands in his pockets and he pulled out these stones that were from that other area. They weren't from here. So in other words, they did recreate a craft that dissipated and then turned back into matter after they had gone somewhere, had an experience in a very short period of time, scooped up gravel. He didn't remember. How did that person know to ask him? So I'm listening, thinking, wow, you know, so they they do know how to re-engineer craft. My opinion would be that it's all dark government trying to trick us. And um, I did tell my family after those tall beings in the backyard and the ship that landed, but there's no circle of burned grass or circle of burned dirt. You know, there should be some kind of remnants if the ship, who knows where it is, you know. Are you talking but, about the Vegas thing that just happened? Yes. Yeah, yes. actually, there is a round circle that they showed I saw in the news. In the middle of the yard where the object had crashed, then vanished, a circular impression was left in the soil. Okay, where is this on your property? Metro sources say the police oh, dispatcher sure. initially wondered whether to send a crisis intervention team to help the troubled witness, but then took the incident seriously. Two officers arrived 38 minutes after the call, and by then it heard from other officers. They proceeded cautiously and managed some nervous laughs. I ain't dealing with that. <laughs> a few days later, the family says, two Metro sergeants returned to the scene to ask follow-up questions. The family says they also saw men in suits and sunglasses driving in a car with government plates cruising slowly past the house in the following days. Nellis and Creech have denied any interest or involvement with the incident. Metro has indicated they believe the family that something crashed in their yard. But what? Guys, thanks so much for tuning in. Just a quick word about our sponsor. Rain in wealth with a gold IRA from Noble Gold Investments. 
A gold IRA can fortify your own financial kingdom. Imagine the confidence that comes from a retirement backed by a tangible, proven asset, gold. An asset that's not at the mercy of unpredictable market swings. Gold, silver, platinum, or palladium, the realm is yours to command. Fend off concerns about economic downturns and let your wealth thrive with the timeless security of precious metals. Now, past performance is no guarantee of future results and always perform your own due diligence before making any investment decision. But this month, the first solid one-quarter ounce gold standard bullion coin ever issued with King Charles image on it can be yours with your own qualifying gold IRA or 401k rollover of $50,000 or higher. You can't go wrong with Noble Gold Investments. Call Noble Gold Investments at 877-646-5347 to get started or visit noblegoldinvestments.com. That's noblegoldinvestments.com. The young man who made the 911 call, he's since made a video, perhaps I'll try to find it and play it in this interview, where he just explains the whole thing and he sounds 100% sincere. So in his mind, this thing really happened, but that really uh, brings up the question of Project Bluebeam. Yeah. Right? What technology yeah. exists to pull this kind of stuff off where we believe, where the magic is so convincing, we can't distinguish it from reality? Well, any kind of technology like this is imitation technology. So they want to hijack everything about awakening, ascension, disclosure. And everybody has different definitions of what all that means. Uh, to me, it's about advancing our human vessel, switching on dormant DNA, remembering who we truly are and understanding, you know, but... Okay, so interesting that in Washington, D.C., Stephen Greer's event took place. And one of the speakers there, whose name is Robert Orasi, actually had a UFO crash in his backyard. So here they are over in D.C. talking about all this stuff, exposing all this stuff with whistleblowers from all over the world, gathering at this press conference, press uh, event, um, the whistleblower event in Washington, D.C., um, right around the date that all this happened, right? So as... uh you don't see probably in the mainstream news uh, those kind of things being reported. One will see maybe a different version of disclosure at the same timing, right? It's sort of like when Kathy O'Brien put out her story about uh, the Clintons was the same period of time when the scandal with Monica Lewinsky happened with the Clintons. So that when people Google something that's actually a breakthrough and information that needs to come out, all of a sudden everybody's being diverted away from that particular story to go into something that's sort of a cover scandal that is obviously targeting well-intentioned people that might be feeling they have a real experience. Now, again, because I haven't sat with it enough and, and really tapped into it enough, I wouldn't be able to give a great opinion about it, but I'm just seeing just the timing of different events take place and knowing what their tactics are is to steer us away from something that looks similar um, so that they can control the way humans interpret it to begin to ignore where um, a greater history and a lot of stories that are similar have been taken place, but not publicized, not ever put out there. Why wasn't that guy's story ever in the news? Because that was a legitimate, and I interviewed him. It was a legitimate crash in his backyard. And, uh, and then when we talk about uh, like the deeper things that somebody like that knows, who's not just um, a witness. This person has been in a hybrid program. This person has abduction experiences. It would make sense that this crash would take place because his mother had a connection with it as well. And so a lot of the people I've interviewed, you know, that have been a part of these hybrid programs um, are on documentaries like The Seeding, um, 
And uh, so usually there's some sort of reason that a craft or a ET would be nearby. Like there, there would be some military family connection. You might have been in the SSP program. You might have um, been abducted before for breeding. You might have some kind of implant. So the more we get to know these characters who witnessed it, as sincere as they probably are, like you said, because um, it'd be interesting to see if there's anything in their family or in their own life experience that would link them to having some kind of relationship with extraterrestrial or UFO forces. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, let me ask you both this question as we talk about the spiritual angle with this entire subject. So the Nazis had an obsession with the occult and the UFO thing, and there was the Vril Society, and of course we've got the occult roots of NASA and Aleister Crowley and Jack Parsons. In your view, Laura or Patty, how much of this phenomenon can be explained by human beings seeking entities, perhaps demonic entities, right? And getting this kind of information so that they can build these craft. Patty, you mentioned that craft. What are the chances that that craft and the engineering was shared by spiritual entities that have a very dark agenda for human beings? How much of this phenomenon, you guys, do you think is that? And what percentage, if any, of the phenomenon is actual off-world extraterrestrials coming through the solar system and landing on this fragile little blue planet? I got a lot to say, but Patty, go first. I don't have the answer to percentage that are coming in from other places. I have no idea. But um, I do feel like that craft was real that uh, Ralph re-engineered. And because it worked and dissipated, uh, the military came back with a semi the following day and took everything. That says to me that he figured it out with the Tesla protégés. So where did they get the information? And Ralph is gone now. Um, I don't know. I don't know. But I am also good friends with Carol Rosen. And, you know, for Werner von Braun, the Nazi, to say it's all fake. God, yeah, that, that means something. God bless you for bringing up Tesla, because I was just going to say the same thing. Yeah. They buried all his technology and stole it as well. So, I mean, look, there is, I believe, abundant free energy on this planet for human beings to harness, and they've hidden it all away. They've hidden our history from us. They've stolen our birthright from us. And so it's just more of this new world order, one world government agenda. And I think this conversation we're having about the UFO alien question is a big part of that. So, uh, Laura, I know you had something to say, though, about the spiritual component. Oh, yeah. I mean, during the Second World War, uh, I mean, these dark agendas, right? Sons of Belial and the Black Sons. There was actually a Hitler-Crowley-Churchill connection, which is actually where the abductions originated. And this comes through Lisa Renee's information, energeticsynthesis.com. And it's also been validated by other sources. And it makes sense when I connect the dots um, that this uh, would have taken place. So the Hitler-Crowley-Churchill connection also goes back to the fall of Atlantis, the final cataclysm of Atlantis, and how this sort of 13-family undercover kind of um Illuminati began to uh develop and then you know things like Zari Mafia owning both sides of war uh just all the different world wars and here we are <laughs> just the second world war and how the Aryan 
which is a root race, is wanting to be the dominant one. So why are the root races wanting to be at war with other root races when seven root races, five cloister races would represent the rebuilding of our DNA, our 12-strand DNA, which is what they don't want because then they wouldn't be able to feed on us because they don't have power except for the power they've stolen. And so all these rituals and the spiritual component is what can we do to harvest and siphon energies, kundalini, life force, and of course, the targeting of children and rituals and things like that. So the abduction scenarios and the rituals were all kind of linked together in these times of the Hitler, Crowley, and Churchill timeline, which she talks about. And that's just during uh, Roosevelt's administration. So when we look at the spiritual warfare and, and how they compromise their DNA, how that corresponds to the planetary grid network and the reversal technologies um, to put everything in sort of reversal uh, and to unplug certain areas and to put this overlay um, um, on top of everything that would stream through the facades of what we hear from our politicians, from the medical industry, from our school systems, with a lot of well-intentioned people that don't even realize that they're supporting a dark agenda. Their good intention will help them to steer away from it when they are asked to compromise themselves, I feel, but a lot aren't because of, of fear. But the spiritual component um, goes way back. And uh, a lot of distortions in ancient texts that have been presented to people and the inability for people to remember what it means to find a certain level of sovereignty and to break free of this dependency bond with an inverted system. So all these different tactics and abductions and all this kind of stuff is to keep their life cycle alive because they can no longer connect to source. They compromise their DNA. So they conjure up demons. They have alliance with the Dracos. There's the ICC Draco Nazi Alliance. And uh, so I've got so much to share about that, which will be in my book coming out in 2024. It's too much to kind of like say here, but this is what they're afraid of because the minute we start to switch on um, our dormant DNA is when we are no longer easily fed upon. All these different tactics are to continue to create division between each other, uh, targeting unity consciousness, targeting sacred union relationships, targeting self-awareness and sovereignty and truth within ourselves. Because they'll no longer have a food source. And it goes back to where they compromise their DNA and they can no longer connect. If they wanted to, they could. But think of all the karmic or life reviews and all the what they would have to do to repair all uh, that they have done, all the crimes against humanity. So all this dark technology is how they keep their life cycle alive. They can jump timelines. They can move their consciousness into a clone. They have all their hands on dark technology to completely avoid any connection with God with Mother Earth. And, and 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 so it's all about capturing what they can steal from in order to have power because the only power they have is what's stolen. So we're the powers that be that need to call our power back because they really don't have power unless they tricked us out of it. And that is the root of all this negative alien stuff, all the facades, all the psyops, all the dark rituals is to have a power and an energy that we're being robbed from and tricked out of, like you said, our divine inheritance. I, I hope I didn't run off on too many tangents on that one. No, but. my God, no, this is exactly what I want. Just a free-flowing conversation and just a stream of consciousness because you mentioned the Dracos and some of my audience will bump on this idea of the Nordics and the Dracos and all of this stuff. And by the way, again, a researcher I really respect, Timothy Alberino, he thinks all of that is real and those those species exist. But I just want to show folks this. As we talk about the spiritual warfare component to this subject, we've got Aleister Crowley, who is said to have summoned this being, a uh, demonic being that he called Lamb. So when you say Dracos, when you use that terminology, do you think that's really what we're talking about? Or are you talking about specifically an off-world species that visits this planet? 
Or could it be an inner world or an otherworldly? Could it be another dimensional species? Could they be demonic entities? I, I would say all of the above. Going back to the Lyran Wars, the Orion Wars, there was a reptilian, you know, attack. But not all reptilians are are against us as humans. It's based in service to self, service to others. What alliances can form that aren't just reptilian? You know, the Anunnaki that commissioned the uh, Draco uh, or reptilian energy, you know, also included other groups that were just willing to kind of, you know, play this role in establishing a new world order and the enslavement of humanity that they're threatened by because we have the angelic, we're the divine human. We 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 have a connection with the cosmic trinity encoded in our DNA. Because they compromise themselves, they're threatened by our capacity to awaken. And so they took advantage of our amnesia when different cat- cat- catastrophic events took place through the planetary energies off of its axis. Um, pyramid technology went offline and they were able to install all these things to take advantage of, oh, they're going to be born and they're not going to remember anything about their galactic memory. So let's just shove this in their face so they learn this instead. Yeah. And um, I, I think I'm going off. No, there's a lot there. No, you again, you're inspiring me to kind of bring up this idea that, by the way, I'm not a flat earther, but I am now a globe, as we're told, skeptic, because I don't think their 24,900 math stands up to scrutiny, not visual scrutiny, not scientific scrutiny. So now we're getting into this realm of wondering what the nature of this thing is that we're on. And Werner von Braun left on his tombstone, Psalm 19.1, the heavens declareth the glory of God, the firmament showeth his handiwork, which I think is a nod to the biblical earth. And so maybe we'll talk a little bit about that. But uh, with so much disclosure now spilling out, I'm going to play this clip in just one second. Before I do, Patty, do you have any input or opinion on Antarctica and the global treaty that prevents any of us from going there and actually seeing what's happening in Antarctica? We can talk about ice walls. We can talk about the firmament. We can talk about anything you want. But before I play this clip, do you have any comments on uh, anything I just said there, Patty? Well, I'm blowing up in my mind about another explanation of what we're in, but it's not about Antarctica. So I'll let you run the video. I I don't know enough about Antarctica to comment. Okay, I'll play the clip. And I'm hoping Laura might have some input on this as well, because it is very interesting to me that all of the nations of the world have some sort of treaty that locks up all the secrets of Antarctica in Antarctica, and nobody can go there and passenger planes can't even fly over it. Listen to some of this testimony. I'm very happy that you're giving me this attention and this information attention because it needs to get out to the world. I will start, uh, since we have to be brief, I have already given all pertinent information and supporting documentation to the Senate Intelligence Committee and Arrow. They informed me that all of my information will be recorded for public record and shared with Congress. It is that important. In 2010, I was selected to go down to the South Pole Station in Antarctica for an entire year by Raytheon Polar Services as an employee of a third-party contractor for the National Science Foundation. I function in a dual-role capacity as a tradesman and a firefighter. My responsibilities required me to be more informed than most of my crew and offered me complete access to the facilities. What I learned from this unique experience needs to be shared with the entire world. The technology at the South Pole Station certainly can do what it is presented as its primary purposes, and unfortunately, much more. The IceCube neutrino detector is presented as a passive listening device for the purposes of the science as presented. But I'm going to skip right through the chase, folks. 
Uh, I have provided documentation that proves that the 5,160, what they call DOMs, that are embedded in the ice can actually transmit at 2,047 volts each. That gives us a long list of things to consider. It is effectively a multifaceted directed energy weapons platform that I will uh, list rapidly a few things that it can do. Vehicle detection. We're learning that these off-world craft, on-world craft, ours or other nations are also emitting neutrinos. So this makes the South Pole Station effectively an air traffic control station for this new level of equipment that nobody's discussing. He says this technology is faster than light communications technology, which allows these vehicles and essentially ground traffic control to communicate with these vehicles. Anyway, he mentioned Raytheon. He mentioned a third party contractor. It's exactly what I was making uh, reference to regarding David Grush and his experience. When uh, he dug a little too deep, he pulled on too many threads and suddenly his life was being threatened. So he had to go public. I think this whistleblower, whose name is Eric Hecker, sounds equally truthful. You know, it sounds very truthful to me. So anyway, I just tweeted this Raytheon directed energy weapons systems. By the way, he goes on to talk about that. This thing can cause earthquakes in Antarctica and more all part of the coming new world order, blue beam alien deception or genuine disclosure. You decide because at this point I have no idea. Laura. Yeah. Wow. Gosh, I've met him. Uh, he's And uh, yeah, You've we're met we're, him? we're Oh yeah, we're we're friends. I did a conference with him, and I I might he's putting on a conference. I think I'm a speaker at. Yeah, yeah, we talk, we talk. <laughs> um, well, then you can tell us if he's genuine. Well, Is he the real McCoy? I oh, absolutely feel it, but I mean, sometimes though, and I'm not saying this about him, that a person believes in what they're saying and they have that sincerity. Um, but I don't doubt Eric. No, when it comes to this kind of stuff, uh, I do need to get to know him more and more of his information. Am I the sounding board? Am I the expert? Absolutely not. But in a lot of ways, uh, and for everybody, we we need to just develop our discernment and our truth meter because it, it's just really difficult to navigate, which doesn't always reflect on the person. Some are in the know when they deceive. Some aren't. Some are being deceived and they pass that information on like Phil Schneider and William Cooper didn't deceive. They blew the whistle. They said as much as they could, but they didn't have the top secret information to help them to see what happened in 1952 with the unconditional surrender agreement that never gets talked about. It's all about the Grata Treaty. And that's what they only wanted the people working with them to know. That's why when they blew the whistle and they're already saying they were saying other things that weren't actually true, but they didn't know that. Because they didn't have access because of compartmentalism to greater top secret information. And so just to put it in context of Eric, Eric is just a seller individual and he's just been w wonderful to me. I, I have no reason to doubt him. He was there. I feel his passion. I feel when somebody says something that could be false about Antarctica, I mean, he really posts about it um, and he he calls it out and, and he's very passionate about it because, you know, he, he really was there. And I and I just feel his heart. I've done a few interviews with him as well. So, but there's still so much more to dig into. It's just like there's always so much information to. Um, but you know, when I look at what I've learned about Antarctica, uh, this is nothing. None of this is surprising at all. Admiral Byrd had an expedition there. It failed. Uh, right. Nazi bases. Um, uh, the flyover of the crafts in 1952 that flew over the Capitol. Th those were coming out of Antarctica, and that is the same year that this 
unconditional surrender agreement took place. And that's why that everything from that point on was not any treaty that any president could have signed because they were not legally allowed to do that. The laws changed 1947, especially. And so there's so much more to share on all of that and, and what I understand. But I know we've got, you know, to. Well, no, with an eye on the clock, (laughs) no, we'll go long with an eye on the clock. Let's definitely go long. This is so interesting. And I'm foolish to even try to dip my foot in the pool of this uh, subject with that without going two hours. But uh, you've mentioned the unconditional treaty surrender, uh, the unconditional surrender treaty now several times. Do you want to just tell people what that was? And I'd like to go back to Antarctica, if you don't mind, but uh, unconditional surrender treaty. What was that? Okay, Uh, Truman signed this agreement uh, in the summer of 1952. And basically, that was a surrender to the ICC Nazi Draco Alliance. And this was um, something I've been talking to Dan Cooper about and asking him a ton of questions. He's not somebody who uh, um, is is very public, but he said that David uh, Dwight David Eisenhower signed the uh, never. Um, Sign uh, any treaties. He said that Truman signed that treaty on July 19th, 1952, unconditionally surrendering the U.S. to the Nazis. Dwight Eisenhower, when he came into office on January 20th, 1953, inherited that treaty of July 19th, 1952. Eisenhower had nothing to do with the unconditional surrender of the U.S. to the Nazis, which occurred at this time. And so he put um, a lot of positive military in place. He had a connection with Val Thor and numerous sources. Like I, I just interviewed Alex Collier. Uh, um, really validate this as well, that Eisenhower's relationship with Valthor, Valthor actually warned him about the Nordics and the Greys and helped him to set up the Earth Alliance and the White Hats. And uh, there's also Ike's Force. So when we hear the blame of Eisenhower signing treaties with the Greys, this is their cover story to hide the fact that the (laughs) unconditional surrender agreement took place under Truman. Um, and 1947 was when like Project Paperclip and everything came in and how that, you know, they were put in positions of power all throughout just all these different um, infrastructure of our society and, and the tentacles spread all across the world. And when the craft flew over, um, supposedly uh, this was around the time that an unconditional uh, surrender took place. Somebody handed me a book, though, uh, from a Native American. This connects to the Dakota star beings. Um, and she goes, you're in the book. You you got to read this. I, I I need to give this to you. It's never been published. And and I have the book. And it talks about a migration in 1952 of what's called light lives. And that Eisenhower was brief that he would have a descendant be born into the family to help expose truth that he couldn't. So I'm reading these words. And I'm like, is this some kind of joke? But I'm like, this is really cool. It makes sense because there was a migration at the very same year that this unconditional surrender agreement took place under Truman's administration to the Nazis, meaning that this infiltration has come into like all these, you know, different governments uh, to create this new world order that we're seeing that this migration of advanced souls would come in, including a relative of his, but I don't use those words like I'm an advanced soul, but somebody with a loud mouth that wants truth, right? That's good enough for me. Um, That, uh, there would be sort of something to counteract it, right? Because when we look at the bigger picture, spirit and this earth and god and just everything that we're made of and everything that is our divine inheritance and and what just our human potential is all about is always going to counteract just like our immune system is going to respond to disease you know if we can take care of that immune system if we can uh, support it just like what we're seeing on a bigger picture level there's always something that's going to counteract so that's who we are that's why we're together that's why 
um, we are the voices of reason trying to, um, you know, bring the truth about. So as this has happened, and this would show a trajectory of an artificial timeline that is based in how much can you convince people uh, that these deceptions are truth. That's artificial. That's not divine intelligence. That's not wisdom. Um, there is many migrations and waves of advanced souls, you know, star seeds. And, and and there's been many different years besides 1952, of course, of these waves of energy coming in that would completely counteract it, not just through the information, but just through the activation of holding it and embodying it and, and going through all the adversities and coming out the other end, um, just never willing to compromise or give your power away. And that's what you do. And that's what Patty does. And so many of you out there and so many of the people we know and that holds so much more strength than we can imagine to offset because really all they want is that artificial timeline. So they have a life force and they have something to feed on while they wipe out a good portion. But, you know, this whole other trajectory is here counteracting this unconditional surrender agreement that none of us agreed to. Right. We agreed to uh, the awakening of the divine human, I feel. So, and, and so this, this, uh, that, uh, this uh, event that took place and the fact that it was written in a book that he was in contact, this is not even Val Thor, he was in contact with Val Thor too, that he helped assist this migration of advanced souls come in. And I'll show you that book. It's it's wild, right? So I'm trying to put it all together in my book to connect the dots. There's so much that happened in his administration. It's wild. And what I love about him is he was like, people want peace so bad the governments had better get out of their way and let them have it. What I love about him is he wasn't about that position of presidency or the hierarchy. He knew the government structure was all about mind control. He knew that there were just leaders and advanced individuals that would come to know their true divine purpose and that we would become, you know, more unified in our awareness that it's not about the government structure doing that and leading the way. It's about all of us coming together and rising in our truth and our power. And I know that this Trump administration is helping with that, is helping to begin to call all that out, drain the swamp, expose all these players. And actually, uh, there's a link to Eisenhower and Nixon and how uh, and Kennedy and Trump and how this uh, mm -hmm. has been passed along with the White Hats for him to be able to play the role that he's playing today. It's very interesting. Oh, it's so interesting. And I'm seeing it as well, because now we have Robert F. Kennedy Jr., who's openly admitting that the CIA murdered his uncle and his father. Right. So now we've got whistleblowers. Uh, now we've got bloodlines like yours, by the way, the Eisenhower bloodline, the Kennedy bloodline, now the Trump bloodline all coming together to speak truth. And we have to t and we have to have these conversations because under the Smith Munt Act, the government can lie to the citizens domestically. They can use propaganda against we the people. And I think that's exactly what that clip from Trump was trying to say. Illegal psychological warfare being engaged, being waged against the American people. Petty, I beg your indulgence for just one more second, a follow-up question for uh, Laura, but then I do want to talk to you about the uh, nefarious agenda happening in the skies above Colorado. Well, you, you've, you've led up to, though, this this other thing that we haven't said yet. Laura led up to it, and you just did. If I can just say these uh, initials and a word, MK Ultra. Yeah. 50s. Yeah. They started, and I think a lot of their active um, players are what we're seeing in ufology. I think we're seeing a lot of mind-controlled slaves that believe everything they're saying because they're MK Ultra. They can't help themselves. And in my opinion, I think that's a lot of what we're dealing with 
in ufology and in ufology today, especially. Well, okay. Two follow-up questions. I guess take your pick here, Laura. You'd mentioned MJ-12. Is that Majestic 12? You mentioned that earlier in the interview. We can either talk about that and uh, the death of, maybe not the death, and sort of the end of the really good UFO research that was going on that Patty alluded to. We could either talk about that or what you think is really going on in Antarctica and Admiral Byrd's expeditions and the real maps that have been hidden away from we the people. Do you want to, which, which, where would you rather go? Oh, maybe the first one first. All right. My audience really wants to hear about Antarctica. But yeah, Majestic okay. 12. Let's start there. Right. Okay. So Majestic 12. There... Well, I know that's a big topic, but what was what is Majestic 12? And was their operation, was their purpose to spread the propaganda or stop the real research or both? Well, they got their hands on all the alien technology. And I mean, not all the members stayed the same. This was something that was set up and it was, it just became this, this group that uh, were able to make decisions that the president kind of had nothing to do with at a certain point. And that infuriated Eisenhower. That's why he wanted to invade Area 51. He realized that things were out of control. They were not allowing him access and so it's one of those kind of things where when we look at the three letter organizations and we look at just the shadow government and we look at how that interfaces with anything off planet or secret space programs um, and that kind of thing, uh, we're dealing with, you know, like MJ-12. And I know a bit about it just because my own experiences, um, I've got so much information to share about it. It's almost overwhelming. It's like, oh, where do I begin? Uh, <laughs> and it's not so much about the group and and knowing um, every single member and like what they're up to, because I'm sure there's some well-intentioned people, you know, within these things, which is something that I've noticed as a pattern because I've uh, gotten to know some offshoots of MJ-12 that has to do with alternatives one, two, and three, which was presented in the Eisenhower administration um, connected to the Zetas. And I mean, it's just, it goes on and on and on that that's why uh, um, it's taken a bit. So, I mean, it's connected to Antarctica. I mean, all of this is connected. Um, and Brad Olson's my book publisher, and he does a lot about Antarctica. He, he delves real deep into what's going on in Antarctica. And I wouldn't say that's my particular expertise, except for understanding um, like the New Berlin, New Berlin connected to the Nordics, connected to the Dracos and uh, the bases and just how this continuation of the agenda um, is still very much alive. Um, and what you got or what you've been bringing to the uh in the clips from eric as well uh it, it, i unless you were able to narrow it down i'm just going to be throwing up a lot of like over here and over there and this and that it's yeah like, it's it's probably not a fair question especially when we only have about a half hour left you mentioned brad olson is that the author brad olson yeah uh, the author future esoteric Yes. That guy? Okay, I've got his book sitting right here, Future Esoteric, oh, nice. The Unseen Realms. Yeah, yeah, I've had Brad on. Well, it's such a small world, and I'm just so glad to have you on today. I'm sorry we don't have more time, but uh, if you don't mind, is there anything you can tell us about what's going on in Antarctica and why there's this multi-nation treaty that prevents any of us from actually going there? And evidently, airplanes can't even fly over it. Passenger aircraft can't even fly over Antarctica. What the heck is going on in Antarctica? Well, I mean, if Admiral Byrd's mission wasn't successful, there's obviously just it's it's a huge area where uh, there's still negative alien influences. I mean, and, and this is like across the board. A lot of people feel or, or have researched or discovered 
that Atlantis and the fall of Atlantis has a huge connection to Antarctica. And when we look at the reasons behind the cataclysm of Atlantis and what actually took place uh, in the Anunnaki influence and the exploded planet of Maldek and the refugees that kind of came in and the roots of all that, Antarctica, um, you know, there's a lot there. There's, you know, technologies that you mentioned earlier. Um, So, there's also ancient maps that suggest that the Antarctic wall is, well, in Admiral Byrd's expedition, vetted out tens of thousands of miles of ice wall. I mean, the numbers just don't add up, but they do. They make more sense when you look at these ancient maps that no longer reflect the maps were shown or the globe right. was so, shown in class. And so those walls would validate a flat Earth, are you saying? I'm saying that there's something going on with Antarctica that we don't understand because we're not being told. It's being hidden from us. The truth is being hidden from us. And I think that there are things there that don't necessarily mean it's I'm the kind of person that doesn't hold fixed beliefs to the point where I'm going to just be pushy about it. I'm like, okay. And and I feel this we have in common just (laughs) it's like just put it out there and just like just assess it and just look at it and just try and understand it. Right. Um, and that's kind of where I'm at. Uh, I I know that there are um, th- there's been SSP folks that have gone there that um, I've interviewed before that I want to re-listen to to connect the dots into what's currently going on and what the latest information is. And it's almost something that uh, it's like I'm almost at a breakthrough point where I'd be able to answer these kind of questions a lot better than I am right now. Okay. Um, Brad said that there wasn't any ice walls, but I don't know. I mean, did he explore the whole of Antarctica, right? He has so much incredible information to share, though. Um, So it just, it really, I guess, you know, depends. As far as, like, why aren't we able to be there? I mean, that's that's just a major Nazi base, uh, Draco Alliance. And what's interesting is to, you know, know about, like, New Berlin and um, what they created for... um, I, 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 Patty, do you have anything you want to say about Antarctica? While well, I'm, feeling, I'm feeling that it also relates to those secret islands off the tip of Hawaii. You know, there's there's also those out there that nobody talks about. And it does feel all military. Absolutely. Well, I didn't mean to put you all on the spot with Antarctica talk. I just find it very interesting. And I think all of this in some way certainly ties together. We're just all trying to figure out how. But one thing that I know will be a good segue as we wrap up this conversation, is what's going on in the skies above Colorado and the attack on the citizens of Colorado. Because look, that uh, whistleblower, Eric Hecker, who just told us about what potentially is going on in Antarctica with directional energy weapons, direct energy weapons that can cause earthquakes. Well, then we got the chemtrail phenomenon to deal with. Patty, do you have any updates for us about the insanity going on over the skies in Colorado? Oh, it's got awful, but it's now also on the earth in Colorado. What we had is these great announcements. This, what you were looking at just now is a rock slide that was literally yesterday morning. And it's a canyon that I and my family drove down, uh, the day before. So this is a favorite place. It's a favorite canyon with these huge dramatic rock walls. And because the brilliant little scientists in Colorado have invented cloud seeding machines now. And we've got um, the Gates family fund, Bill Gates. We've got Jeff Bezos family fund foundation, whatever 
But Gates and um, Bezos are putting a lot of money into cloud seeding Colorado and chemtrailing Colorado and poisoning Colorado with Monsanto Bayer. And what they're doing is they're calling it Agenda uh, Colorado 22, Restore Colorado 22. It really means exterminate Colorado 22. So what we have is this girl on the news and she's saying, um, now that we've got this new technology that could save, you know, Colorado, it's going to bring us all this rain. Well, they admitted in the last two screenshots, if you'd go back, how much money my tax dollars have given. Here's another two and a half million. And that's in, is that in March? Uh, yeah, March 17th. Here's the first ones, March 2nd. So this year and uh, all the way back to 2019, they've been sticking these. Look at this machine. Go back one. The cheap machine, we took a photo of it because we found one. That is a cloud seeding machine. Now, if that isn't the cheapest looking pile of crap, that doesn't look like something professional that's been, you know, <laughs> experimented with and, and uh, performs to be safe. So what it is, is this idiot, I'm sorry, these people in Colorado have agreed to spend all this money. Now they've got these cloud seeding machines near every water uh, source in our mountains, every stream, lake, pond. And this lady is saying, um, oh, gosh, is it safe? And um, she's questioning it. Finally, look at those things that spew the um, chemicals. I mean, that's insane. And then I looked up, well, what is silver iodide? And the next one describes it really well. And uh, they shouldn't be doing this. There are other adverse health effects as well. Exposure to silver can lead to all these big words, anxiety, seizures, and cardiac arrest. Scientists also say people who inhale a lot of silver iodide risk permanent lung damage, aka silver lung. So they're running these things nonstop. And for the last two and a half weeks, thank you, Gates and, and Soros probably also, but we didn't see him. Um, we've had cloudy, rainy skies for two solid weeks, maybe three. I, we've never seen weather like this, and it's because we're paying for these crap machines to bring us some rain. Well, it's been gray and cloudy for weeks, and then we had the mountain slide because of too much rain. It was completely abnormal. And what you see on this map is how many of those stupid machines they put in the mountains west of Boulder, Colorado. Every lake, every hiking trail, every pond, every creek. Oh, it's so irritating. They're poisoning all of the water in Colorado, and then it comes down into the towns. And um, they're poisoning all of us in the towns. Uh, we've got county commissioners that are working with Bayer Monsanto. They're making money, father-son team. We've already proven that Bayer Monsanto is working with Boulder County Open Space, and they're causing all these problems. So this is a nice thing where it says, the cloud seeding helps Colorado snowpack. Oh, it's so safe and cost-effective. It's not safe. And it's, I don't know, I mean, to, to Gates and Bezos, it's just more money, you know, no big deal. But the chemicals that have used have been shown no environmental impact, and they use such a tiny amount, they're just lying through their teeth in all the articles. The stuff is toxic, it causes brain decay, and the combination of this, the chemtrails, the cell towers that they're sticking all over these uh, 
towns and cities everywhere. They're just destroying Colorado. And now they're trying to bring the smart 15-minute cities to Boulder and Longmont. But we've proven, um, although they haven't gone public, I'm going public. XL Energy is being sued, but they're not admitting that all of the smart meters were removed from the burn site that destroyed 1,100 homes. They removed all those smart meters. And I know somebody indirectly who filmed people in hazmat suits removing all the smart meters on day two or three. Get this. Why would they do that? You mentioned Excel Energy. I have to deal with that company where I live. And when my wife and I were just in Puerto Vallarta, Mexico, seeking some stem cell treatment for my knees from my buddy, Josh, I got a phone call. And the phone call was from a number I didn't recognize. I answered the phone and it was a man, a contractor outside my home when we weren't here who had knocked on the door and our house sitter had no idea. She said, yeah, do what you need to do. He went out and he replaced a meter on our air conditioner that was there since 2004 when we built our house and he put on a smart meter. And when he called me, he just wanted to make sure that I knew about this. I don't even know how he got my number or why he called me, but he called me and I read him the riot act. I said, sir, with all due respect, I got his name. I found out the contractor, the company he works for, which was hired by XL Energy. And I said, I will sue you personally. When I file a lawsuit against XL Energy, you will be named and your company will be named if you don't remove what you just put on my house. Reverse the work you did. And he did. He reversed the work. And uh, yeah, XL Energy is one of these sources of evil on planet Earth because they're all about United Nations Agenda 2030 and innovating to zero by 2050, which guess what, guys, leaves us all as the slave class that Klaus Schwab says we will be when we own nothing and we'll be happy. Laura, it's all part of United Nations Agenda 2030. And I think what they're doing in Colorado, poisoning the rivers and spraying all these poor folks it may be in service to that goal, which is to get people out of the rural areas and into these big hellhole UN and UN Agenda 2030 cities. It's wild. In 2011, I was at the Consciousness, uh, chem, uh, consciousness Beyond Chemtrails, and that's what my slideshow was about, pulling us all into uh, the cities and attacking the farmers and just all. Yeah. And there's a big like uh, New World Order agenda. Yeah. And. It's all, it's all just the geoengineering, all the derailments, all the toxicity, just, mm-hmm. yeah, what's happening in Colorado. And it's just, it's everywhere. It's a complete and total attack and and it's, you know, never ending and it's unbelievable. I actually did find the information I was looking for before um, about uh, Antarctica and the Nazis and the Nordics. And I've got so much information. It's just like crazy, but I know we got to close. Um yeah. When we look at weather weapons, when we look at geoengineering, earth, air, fire, water, ether, okay, these are the elements. They're being attacked. So are we, right? Our, we're elemental beings, earth, air, fire, water, ether. Our nucleic acids and our DNA are connected to the elements. We're elemental beings. So the mind control, the social engineering is toxic to our inner elements. But when we clear all of that, we actually help to clear the toxicity around us and de-weaponize the weapons and break down all these dark weapons because we are so much more linked to this planet and the cosmos than we can imagine and all the planets and everything. So, so if we can like clean up as much as we can detox and, and just really just work on ourselves, call this stuff out, you know, and really connect with mother earth, the power that this planet holds is so much stronger than all these weapons and all these different tactics. She'll be able to clean herself up, but we have to clean ourselves up and our consciousness and our minds and stand in our truth and just, you know, know that like, 
the higher earth energies don't hold any of this. This is just a part of keeping us dumbed down, keeping us sick, keeping us dependent uh, or, or, or taking us out completely, you know, with depopulation so that there's a small number that they can control. But yeah, own nothing and be happy. I hate to tell uh, to you, Schwab, or yeah, right in your face, right back at you. <laughs> You're going to um, be nothing and be miserable because you don't have any power. And you're not going to steal any more power because we're taking our power back. And Mother Earth is uh, leading the charge in so many ways. And and it's a multidimensional planet connected to uh, these different star systems. And there's benevolent forces that are really here to assist us in assisting ourselves and waking ourselves up. And that connects to the guardian forces. And um, and there's so much you know to look forward to in the face of all this adversity we have to remember that we can upgrade in the face of it when we look at these weapons we have to remember that they're threatened by us because we're the most advanced technology of all and so all these lower level weapons yeah it's going to harm a lot of people but what we're switching on is the greater technology that they're trying to imitate and invert in order to create a script that is taking us down a trajectory that is artificial because it's built on lies and we're better than that so I just wanted to say that. <laughs> I just love it. All right. So it's a very dark agenda. That may be the name and the title of this video, guys. And for the audience, I'm sorry, guys, if there's questions you wanted me to ask that I didn't ask or if we didn't get deep enough into areas, I definitely I'm... want to bring these two guests back again. And Laura, when does your new book come out? Certainly you should come back on and promote that. Oh, thank you so much. It'll be out March of 2024. And a lot of the stuff that I wanted to really share You'll find in there, um, uh, it's just so much. It's such a huge topic, but it's been amazing to be on this show. This is one of the greatest platforms, and what you put out there, Sean, is incredible. I, I was, just, I'm so thrilled that you've had me on because I appreciate you and all that you do. You're my regular go-to. <laughs> oh and uh, Patty, thank you so much for making this possible. My website's cosmicguide.org, and yeah, uh, it's called Awakening the Truth Frequency. And it's a series of books uh, that's called Into the Unified Field. Oh, my gosh. You know what? I'm so thrilled to have had you on. And my thanks to Patty for helping to arrange this. Our guest has been Laura Eisenhower. In case you have to go, Laura, I'm going to say our goodbyes now because I do want to ask Patty one final question about C60. But uh, Laura Eisenhower, guys, the website, CosmicEye.org. The new book's coming out in March. Laura, please, let's get you back on. Let's talk Antarctica, okay? Uh, Yeah. I Just, yes. Okay. All right. God bless. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Lori. We appreciate you. You can stay on the line here as I just asked this one final question. You know, I do plug C60 occasionally, Patty. I like the product and uh, I know that in uh, lab tests, it helped the Ristar rats live much longer than the ones that didn't get C60. So just briefly, I want to give you the chance to plug C60 Evo. Okay. What we do, because we're the only lab that's been at it for 31 years, is we make ESS-60, which is pure C60, and that's what I take. And when people say, how did you survive uranium poisoning? How did you survive the directed energy hit? This is it. It's the ESS-60 olive oil, super strong, teaspoon in the morning, kicks butt all day long. You get energy, you sleep better, mental clarity. But I think that Laura, I see the difference in her. And I'm delighted to say that the capsules are being handed to Bobby Kennedy Jr., probably during this hour, my friend um, that is his manager, 
flew out to um, meet him and Del Bigtree. And he took a couple of bottles of the capsules because you can travel with them, but you get stocked with the oil. This product is one of the strongest things on the market to keep you healthy and powered up. But also I get it to, um, I'm working with Roseanne Barr, loves it now, and her whole family takes it. You know, what we want to do is end the show with solutions. In my opinion, this is one of the greatest solutions. It's a simple teaspoon every day, and it'll keep you well and somehow in a good mood in a time where we are at war. Yeah, wars being engaged against us, waged against us from multiple facets, including the bioweapon masquerading as a vaccine. So, Laura, if you had any final words, please weigh in. Oh, absolutely. Yes. No, the product's been really wonderful. And yes, this war for the best way, you know, we got to win the war within ourselves. It's a war on consciousness and this physical vessel, just putting all the good stuff in our bodies is, is where it's at because in the face of all this, we're actually rescuing our treasures and the fullness of our divine power and everything that we hold. We have to look at it like it's pushing us to the edge to rediscover what we've forgotten about ourselves, which can actually crush it. And that's what they're frightened of. Um, I do have a webinar. I just really quickly want to say sure. I have a webinar coming up June 24th. I'll put it on my website, cosmicguide.org. And it's all about the great initiations. What are the planetary cycles? What is going on that is helping us to really um, just go through these plutonic cycles and initiations? And what is the inverted weaponization that we're seeing that is trying to trick us out of us reclaiming, you know, what it is we're here to reclaim. Uh, and it's all about truth. It's all about love. It's all about um, integrity and compassion and and also uh, not losing connection with those that might, might have made those choices and knowing that, you know, just love and understanding is also going to help them to overcome it because they really want to see us divided. They, they're trying to use this as a way to, you know, separate us all and 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 love is the glue that can hold it together. And it's the greater force of alchemy that can turn the lead of this human experience into gold. And um, thanks for being that force, Sean and Patty and everybody. Oh, oh I love that last soundbite. All right, guys, the webinar is on June 24th. The link to uh, Laura's website is below, as well as the link to Patty's site, CropCircleFilms.com, and, of course, C60 Evo. I want to thank you both. The light emanates from both of you, the light of truth, and for that, I'm grateful. Uh, Patty, thank you so much. Thanks for arranging this. Pleasure, always. All right. Always a pleasure. And Laura Eisenhower, a new guest and certainly a returning guest, I hope. Fingers crossed. Laura, thank you so much. Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much. Oh, my gosh. What a delight. Thank you, guys. And I want to thank the audience, too, if you're still with us, guys. Yeah, thank you for tuning in. And I'll remind you for free every single day. Visit us directly at the three websites, thelibertymill.com, thephaser.com, and, of course, sgtreport.com. All antidotes to corporate propaganda in those pesky, mockingbird, mainstream media CIA lies. May God bless you and yours. Bye-bye. Just what you said. They're all Luciferians and they don't deny it. Again, if you look at the United Nations, where all of the world was supposed to come under their control, that's the one world government. It was founded, the founding document was the Lucifer Trust, followed, by the way, a chapel inside. It's not a, It's not like what we would call a chapel, but they have a, uh, a Luciferian chapel in the, the United Nations. There isn't one, there's not a mosque. There's no church. It's not a synagogue. It's a Luciferian room that they pray in. So there's your answer.